You're listening to the Lean Six Sigma for Good podcast. We help you learn how Lean and Six Sigma concepts can be applied to nonprofits, NGOs, and not-for-profit organizations. Visit us at LeanSixSigmaForGood.com. In this podcast, I share a presentation that was given by Joe Nat at the IISE annual conference in Orlando back about a year ago in May of 2019. He put together a corporate garden at Rockwell Collins where we both worked and, and where we met. He shares how the garden was able to produce some fruit and vegetables that were then able to be donated to a local nonprofit, and they used those donations to help feed the people in need in the local area. So he kind of goes through the, the history of that program and some of the challenges that they faced in working within a corporation to try to get some volunteer activity started with the employees who work there. So I think you'll enjoy it. He's a pretty fun, dynamic speaker, and uh, maybe you'll have a an idea of how to set up a program at your organization as well. So if you do have some interest, uh, let me know and I can try to connect you up with Joe and he can give you some guidance and some of the documentation he's put together already. I've also posted a video of the presentation so you can see the slides and that will make it a little bit easier to follow along. So in the show notes, you'll find a link to the video on YouTube. Thanks and hope you enjoy. Hi everyone, my name is Joe Nat. I'm a program manager at Collins Aerospace. Uh, we, we, we reside in Melbourne, Florida, which is about an hour away from here. Uh, I'm going to take you through a little, a little bit of our lean journey. Uh, we, I partnered with a nonprofit, and I'll show you a lot of things that we were able to do with them. Give you a ton of lessons learned that can be applied. I heard in the last session lots of lessons learned that you guys were sharing about how to improve uh, what you're doing volunteer hours. I did bring some samples. So the, the, these, these plates, this actually came right from the garden on Saturday. I harvest these, um, various things. If you can name every item on this plate, you can take the plate home. <laughs> so the weed? There is no weed. We can, it's, not, it's not legal in Florida yet. So in Oregon, he was just talking about Oregon. So, but there's, there's a lot of good stuff on here. And this is, this is, this is, this is really what I enjoy. You know, like we're able to actually uh, produce vegetables from mostly seeds and then provide them to a nonprofit that really needs them. And I'll tell you a little bit more about it. So I'll pass these around and take, take a gander at what they, what's there. It's, and you, some of them are, smell really good. So you can pick them up and get a feel for it. And, you, and some of them are really spicy, so be careful if you take a bite. So I'll give you a little bit of preface to this. I have I had, before I got involved with this, I had no garden experience in Florida, <clears throat> uh, not at all. I had a previous garden. I lived in Portland, Oregon, at about a little, little bit less than two years, and I got a chance to garden out there, which is pretty unbelievable because the soil is so great out there. And then when I was growing up with my dad, my dad was a big gardener and he did his favorite vegetables, Brussels sprouts. I am active in the community. When I came to Melbourne, I spent a lot of time doing different things. So I coached basketball for 10 years. I was involved with a lot of the uh, nonprofits. Big one you guys were talking about, Habitat for Humanity. I did that. I took groups of employees from our work and we built houses. So that was a lot of fun. And I have an engineering background. My simple you know, definition is I'm a problem solver. And so you get tasked to go into a nonprofit, which needs a lot of support, and go help them. And so what you're going to see is some of those things. 
for, for the workshop objective. So I'm gonna share my experience, give you a little bit about Lean and, and the nonprofit itself. I'm gonna to present to you what I came up with was our standard work for doing this for another corporate guard. And, and that's important because you can you pretty much be ad hoc doing this all the time, but you really need a regimen of what you're gonna do. What are the things that you're gonna to do to make, make sure you accomplish this for another corporate guard so they're successful? And then, then we can build it up in the community. And the last thing is uh, get you excited. Um, you know, the big thing for me is I like, I always tell everybody to go dig. That's my saying from, from day one. I want people to get out and get their hands dirty. That's a, that's a picture of my daughter. Uh, she was a big help when we first started the garden, but now she's preteen and she doesn't get her hands dirty. So, <laughs> so right now she did a good job. So what's lean to me? And these definitions, you guys probably all heard. I mean, how many engineers are in this room right now? I think mostly everybody's probably had engineers here and you probably all heard of lean. And, you know, the big one for me, what was trained in my brain was elimination of waste. That with MUDA, you know, you've heard that term, MUDA, MUDA, MUDA. And so that was the big thing, striving for, 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 for perfection, you've heard that before, and then value-added versus non-value-added. And the last one kind of is, is actually really important, but customer focus. I mean, if you went into a, a nonprofit and you just wanted to apply your techniques and improve something, you may miss the whole boat if you're not focused on the customer. And I'll share an example where we kind of missed the boat initially and then we got our back together. Techniques that I've used, these are things that we were trained at Collins, um, value stream mapping. Simple technique, but it gets you a lot of information really quick. It's, it's where I would start on any project that I would perform. And then standard work involves a lot of different things. Visual controls is big and then if you have a garden, you need some more workplace organization because you got a lot of things going on, a lot of tools and so forth. So the, my challenge to all you guys is, as I go through this presentation, I want you to think about what you might have observed. What technique and what slide, you know, where, 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 when did I share that example? So think about those various techniques, okay? I'm gonna share you, this is a neat picture for me. Back in September 2013, this is what I was given. I was given land that basically was all rocks. <laughs> Pretty much, that boat wasn't part of the property, but the boat was there. Um, and, and they basically said, hey Joe, you can have all this land for your garden. And I said, wow. I mean, it's, it's literally just a little bit less than what the size of this room is. And could you imagine making a garden out of that? So I got pretty excited. That, but as soon as we started digging, it was like, whoosh, it was all rocks. So we had to do a lot of work. And here we are, just a little bit of a month ago, we, we transformed the garden a little bit into what's called a food forest. And so it's a concept where you, you put a lot of fruit trees close together, and then you do a lot of maintaining and trimming, and you get a lot more fruits uh, in one little small area. And, and this soil is, is, is months of mulch there's probably about six to eight inches of mulch here. And when we first put, we left that sit there for six months. You gotta have a lot of patience with gardens. But we let it sit there. And by the time we put our plants in, it was like black. You know, so that rock that was underneath was gone. It wasn't there because we, we were hitting good, good soil. And that's the most important part. And there's all kinds of plants in here. Um, like we got bananas here. 
we got Barbados cherries, there's guava, there's lychee, there's uh, a passion fruit, there's moringa. Anybody heard of moringa? And so uh, in Florida now, moringa grows like crazy, which is unbelievable. It's one of the best, you can eat everything off the plant. If you notice, there was a part of moringa on there. I don't know if you, this was the, uh, the green bean of a moringa. So if you let this grow more, you'll eventually get seeds and you can have fun and grow more trees. So that's where we are today. We're still going. That's one of the gardens we did. So we started actually two gardens. I'll show you that one too. So, you know, I had this when we were starting this, you know, like you're all, you're all engineers, you work in a business. And I, I had an idea. I wanted to start a garden. I'm in Florida. You know, I, I actually needed help. I mean, I, Florida has a different season than anybody else. It's not, not so nice. My wife was a vegetarian. Um, so by default, she cooked, I was a vegetarian. So it was pretty easy to, become, to go after veggies. Uh, and then there are homeless folks in the area, they get one meal per day. You know, most of us probably ate breakfast, probably had lunch, you know, eventually dinner. We get three meals. They get one meal a day. That's it. It's a pretty nice meal. It's, it's considered a seven-course meal for them, but they only get one meal a day. And so what we, our idea was, hey, how can I produce those fresh veggies for the homeless people and get somebody to sponsor it? That's the key. So I went to my company and I said, I walked in and I said, hey, I want to get a, I want to have a land for a garden right on our corporate area. The answer was, um, I got rejected. I got rejected the very first time. The guy basically from maintenance manager said, kind of Joe, whatever, you got lots of fun ideas, but we, we'll we end up doing all the maintenance. So forget it, we're not doing it. So I went back on a second proposal and I was actually on a business trip. And the funniest thing, I mean, I'll, never, I'll never forget this. I don't typically always pick up a local newspaper. That week I did, I pick up the paper and there's an article in the newspaper. And there's a guy that says, hey, this guy named Joe, another Joe, started a garden at Rockwell Collins in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. So I clipped that paper, I ran down to maintenance, and I threw that on his desk, and we got accepted. So that was a big deal to get acceptance. And you know, you guys are always gonna come up with these ideas, with lots of proposals. If you're an engineering background, you're always thinking of something different. You, you gotta be persistent. In this case, I think I was just lucky I got that article that I picked up that paper. I mean, what's the coincidence that I live in Florida, went to Iowa, opened the newspaper, and saw that article? So, pretty neat stuff. Big, big part of the lean journey is the plan. So, these were the things that I really had to work on. What was the mission statement? What, what were we going to do as a team to make this happen? And again, a lot of things that you guys do, if you don't have a mission statement, you don't have no idea where you're heading. So, we had developed that. I had to organize the club. You know, there's no way I'm going to be doing the garden by myself. That's not going to happen. And we had to partner with a nonprofit. That became fairly easy after we did some research in the community. There's material and supplies, you know, for a garden. And then, you know, lastly, you have to have fun. So I've been fortunate. So Collins Aerospace actually does a green grant each year. And I have to come up with a proposal, a business paper, and timeline and material supplies and I basically say hey I'd like to have 
$1,500 for my garden. And so far, we've gotten it every year. So I've got it now for five years. And that helped, it makes it easy because nobody, you know, you guys are, if you're gonna volunteer for Habitat or Restore or something like that, you know, there's, you're not gonna really spend a lot of money in your pocket. But if you get a company, since a lot of you guys might be associated with big companies, that makes it 10 times easier. That was the initial garden on our corpus camp, corporate campus. So we put four planter boxes out there. Again, we really didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's spaced terribly. It's in the middle of grass. The other thing that was really bad, there was a sprinkler system um, with reclaimed water. Now, if you know anything about reclaimed water, if it goes on the vegetables, you can't eat the vegetables. So you have to wash the vegetables. So, I mean, our first attempt at this garden, the corporate campus, was a disaster. And then we really needed to get our act together. So we got, the, we got back together and we started on a, the mission statement. And up there on the right-hand side is actually from the spreadsheet that we developed back <laughs> in September. And remember, you know, it was late 2013. And that's, that, I took a snapshot right from the, the spreadsheet that we used back then. And we had a you know, pretty simple one. You know, pr provide fresh produce to those in need. Pretty, it was simple. Um, we had to figure out who's our customer, you know, who needs support, what do we need, what do we know about the nonprofit, because that's important. Uh, one thing about coming up with a mission statement, and I see this all the time at work and stuff, you, somebody calls a meeting, we all be in a room, and somebody starts talking, and then, and then another person starts talking, and you really need a set of agendas. And this was, this was a very important meeting. We had an agenda, we knew we had to figure out what the mission was, we knew how to figure out who the customer was, and we just followed it, and it really went pretty simple. But I, I definitely encourage that as you move forward in doing type of lean activities with nonprofits. So we part, partnered with this, this nonprofit called Daily Bread Incorporated. They're in Melbourne, Florida. Uh, their vision there is that everybody has access to food and services so they become self-sufficient. You know, when a person's homeless, there's a lot of things that they're going through in their life. Mentally, physically, there's a lot of things going on. So um, that's what their vision is. They do about 225 meals every day. So that's a good amount of people coming through uh, the cafeteria there. If you want to go check them out, I put the website out there. I imagine these presentations are going to be on your guys' sites. Material and supplies, I mean, there's... Brian knows this, you know, at, at Collins Aerospace, reduce, reuse, recycle. That's a big thing that's in our brains, and that's all, that's all part of uh, ES&H, and it's also part of uh, 5S Workplace. But a lot of these things you see here, these planter boxes, all came from our stocker. Are you interested in learning more about Lean and Six Sigma? Or are you looking to expand your existing skills to apply them to environmental impacts at your work or in the local community? Check out our free online course called Lean Six Sigma and the Environment on thinkific.com. We'll teach you about the lean forms of waste and waste walks, which stands for water, air emissions, solid waste, toxins, and energy. We'll go over examples of reducing electricity and solid waste, teach you how to involve your facilities in environment safety and health personnel. We'll provide guidance on how to green your 5S and lean Kaizen events and many other tools specific to finding environmental opportunities. Learn more at LeanSixSigmaEnvironment.org. Every one of our planter boxes, I didn't pay for anything. I actually went to the stock room. 
I looked around and I saw boxes, and I couldn't believe they actually folded, came out, and were about four by four. And so a nice garden size. All that wood was free. We got rain barrels from a local owl company, uh, bamboo sticks, trellises. You know, once you put a word out to employees, we got donations. Uh, compost and kitchen scraps are pretty easy. You know, you need compost. We got soil from a local company. We, we, do, we do pay for some of the soil, but we do get sometimes donated for free. And then mulch. There's a local company here in Florida, probably all over the nation, called Ashplund. And if you tell them what you're trying to do, you just say, hey, I need to dump a mulch. They come over and dump a charcoal <laughs> mulch. And it's amazing. I'm talking. Like, that's, that's one dump. So that's a lot of mulch. And so it goes a long way. But you've got to get, you got to have material supplies. Here's our timeline, you know, from 2013. Um, this is when we started it, and it went, here we are to 2019. You know, from here to when it started, vegetables were pretty much the end of 2014. Um, we, I, I kind of say we had a free for free for fall, free for all gardening. You know, I'll, I'll never forget. You know, there was a bunch of employees volunteering. One person said, hey, Jody, mind if I put a pumpkin in the vegetable patch? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, no problem. Go ahead, put a pumpkin. Well, then several weeks later, we had strands of pumpkin, you know, they go on. They'll go all the way to the wall there and that wall back. And so it took over the entire garden. <laughs> and so we were like, well, and garden and pumpkins actually don't do well in Florida. So it, didn't really work out for us. <laughs> so we didn't really planted We planted in one planter box and had like you know different vegetables all over the place, and one planter box took over the entire garden. <laughs> and we were like, all right, we really screwed up. They the just food. spread on their own. Oh yeah, they'll spread. The the, the 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 stems will just go on forever. Yeah, it's wild. So it, it was a disaster. That's what I'm saying. You know, this I'll tell you. I, I would say. Here's here in our timeline. We came up with a consistent vegetable plan. That's when we finally got our act together. And, and it, it really was the time when we went to the we went to the nonprofit and said, "Hey, what would you like?" And they said, "Joe, you can provide us salads. That would be great." So what's in the salad? Pretty easy. You got lettuce or spinach. You got radishes or onions, tomatoes. These are something that we can actually do it for. So we, that we finally got our consistent plan going for. Um, the other thing that was kind of neat here, we actually did an intranet site for employees. So everything that we did, I took pictures of. So if, 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 if they volunteered, um, they were there to check it out. And I really, I, I, this has been huge for us with getting more people to volunteer, getting ourselves visible with leadership. I, I would definitely start this maybe even earlier, but it just went to happen. The other neat thing is, and I'll, I'll touch on this and show a couple things, but you can do a lot of education to people leaving outside your company. So we brought Girl Scouts in, and the Girl Scouts are going to be, they're coming up, I think, in June. They're going to come again this year. But you can really do a lot of neat things, not just with your, with your own company, but with people outside of the community. Um, and then in 2017, I had this idea, hey, we have two gardens feeding this nonprofit. My goal is to get a total of five. So we started soliciting other corporations, and I'll show you one of the ones that we got started this year. So, um, and actually, it, it, it's right here. Not Embraer is another company in the local area, Melbourne. 
they actually kicked off their garden. I have a slide on that. Um, let's go to the next. Let's see next slide. Here's the community impact. Um, there's me with a bunch of uh, Girl Scouts, and you know, it's funny. I ask people. Uh, Brian and I were talking about this last night. It's like a lot of people don't even know where food comes from. Um, they don't know how it grows, and so if I can impact some of the younger people with a couple uh, seeds with some dirt, some water, and they can see the plant grow, they just learn so much in life. And so you can really get this going for other people. And then they were very helpful in making our garden a lot nicer because there were a lot of weeds in there that they helped clean up. So we take advantage of the, the, there's no child labor acts, I don't think, for volunteers, I don't think, I don't know. <laughs> so, give you an idea, I mean, I, we got some more people in the room that came in, but we do have some plates of vegetables up here. But these are the vegetables, these are the type of vegetables that we've grown over over the years. I mean, we got tons of, there's beans and hot cayenne peppers and green peppers, tomatoes. Radishes are really easy in Florida in the winter. They grow the crazy rhubarb, eggplant, you got, you got some kale, some collards, you got papayas, carrots. This is sweet potatoes. Um, and then broccoli. So anybody's gonna start gardening in Florida, you're pretty much gonna do sweet potatoes and okra in, in the summer months, and then everything else you grow in the winter, so forth. So I know it's five o'clock too. So it's, I know you guys are getting hungry, so I just, <laughs> this, this is halfway to the, to the slide package, so I'll keep going. So these are our lessons learned. You know, some of the, some of the lessons that I've on my, I'm on this journey that I thought I could share with you guys. You know, your initial adversary could be your biggest advocate. So that, that maintenance guy that said no to me, he's been the best person for the garden. He actually has offered landscaping services to help us. He actually built a fence for us. He put a water source in for us. Um, he asked me if I need any mulch. He's asked me if I wanna put some kind of seed plant, you know, structure to grow the plants so even though we had a little rough start you're you know you sometimes in lean i can tell you this if you're in the professional side and you're working on manufacturing like the guy that's all the biggest guy that's against it go ahead and try to figure out how to defeat that person and get them on your side because once the guy who's the biggest obstacle is for lean it's easy for you you just turn and say hey brian what do you think about lean all of a sudden, he's just he's speaking for you. I don't even have to sell it anymore. You know, so you got to get to your biggest. You got to find out which guy you want to overcome. Uh, the second one, having volunteers. I heard in the session before volunteering is the toughest thing. I got we have fifteen hundred employees at our site. I had this idea I could get five percent of those people. Man, that'd be awesome. Look at five percent, seventy-five people. You think I have seventy-five people volunteering? No way, Jose. Um, I have probably on a regular basis two to five people that come and help with the garden. I got about 30 people on the distribution list that from time to time will come, but we're nowhere near 5% that I thought I could get. So it's, 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 it's very difficult, whatever you're doing with nonprofits, to get volunteers. But the, the gotcha though is this, and I challenge everybody here, I don't, how many people have volunteered in the past year? Okay. <laughs> So I, I would ask you to try to double down, double down on that. Try to do it twice. Because the biggest thing with, with, the, with volunteering is, 
that once you do and get your foot in the door, you'll end up probably doing it again. And then all of a sudden you'll bring your friends or you bring your family. And it really makes a difference for the community. Uh, guarding for fun could lead to serious guarding. Uh, I, I would say I'm addicted. <laughs> you know, my wife always laughed at me. She, she says, where are you at? I mean, I'm either at the nonprofit gardens or I'm at home, so I'm definitely there. Uh, producing vegetables will have success and failures. I mean, that's, that's some years you're gonna be infested by pests. Some years you're gonna have droughts. You just gotta figure it out. And then the lesson there, the endless smiles. I mean, there's one of our, one of our volunteers, Sridhar. He, uh, he's, he's helped us several times in the garden, but I mean, every time I go, everybody smiles. So that, that, that helps us. It's teamwork. Um, here's an example of some of the employees from Collins. Uh, you know, this, would be, this picture right here is from the very first early days. Uh, this is probably about 2015, and this was uh, just recent 2000, end of 2018. And so you, it's, it's really nice. You gotta have teamwork. You're, again, not gonna do lean. You're not gonna do nonprofit support without a team. That is, you guys, you might be a very smart person, and you go in there and you think you're gonna change it. You're just, you gotta go build a team. So that's one of the most important things there to get going. Okay, so this is what we came up with. We've done this, I've done two nonprofit gardens with my company, and we came up with this in three phases. You got a proposal phase, you gotta check into the grants. The, the emphasis on funding is very important because no one's gonna be able to do this just out of your pockets. You gotta have the funding, so that's important. And then you gotta gain acceptance from your company. And, my, and for me, it was the maintenance manager. That's who I had to convince, and you saw how that went. But you gotta find that person in the company that's gonna back you, a sponsor of some sort, that's either gonna help you with the money or not. The second is, is, is this is probably the biggest phase, this planning phase. I mean, you know, you guys know that. If you're doing a project, you, you really need to spend a lot of time up front rather than just jumping into it. That's just one-on-one. For me, you know, seeking the volunteers, creating that vision statement. Uh, we got volunteers outside the company. Where are you going to put the garden? That's important. What's the layout going to look like? Um, can you get items donated? That's important. And then the water source. Some people forget about that. But that, that's, a, that's an important planning phase. And I did, this, this whole checklist is, is what I've given to Embraer, and they just, we just follow right through all the checklists and, and got their garden started. Probably less than a couple months. And the last phase, the dig phase, you gotta go purchase your materials. One thing that uh, emphasizes documenting what you get. So your purchases, your donations, you're gonna go back later and look at your list and say, hey, where did I get all that soil from? Or who gave me that mulch for free? That's gonna be important. Start building the garden and then wait about two to four months and you know harvest vegetables. So that, this, is, this is really the standard work for any corporate garden that I'm gonna work with going forward. They would get a sheet of this and we'd say, let's go. Um, I got another one in process right now that we're just, gonna, we're just in the proposal phase. And so we'll see how that goes. Lots of, lots of things to consider. Again, this is more, more into the garden side of things, you know, in terms of all the different items that you would need in order to make it successful. But the, the, just make some examples. I came up with the projected timeline because everybody wants to ask, hey, when, how, you know, how long would it take to do this? 
You know, if you got into it, what would it be? And you got to have an answer for that. You can't just say, oh, you'll get in a couple months. That's not going to work. You got you to have a timeline. So, so I came up with just, you know, forming a team, selecting it. It's all part of the standard work. And it, it's about a 12-month cycle. So if you're going to start a corporate garden, you're just planning for 12 months. Um, these are some of the corporate garden lessons. So as we did this, this is what the team has, has, has issues. So you guys, you saw my lesson with location. When we first did the corporate garden on our campus, it was definitely in the wrong place. So we put it, we put it in the right place. Uh, don't fear asking employees or community to donate. That's important. Uh, you know, one of the things that's uh, difficult with getting up in front of people is asking, hey, do you have any money to support this? Or do you have any items to donate? You just gotta go do it. And you'd be amazed that people really wanna donate. Consider fruit in the garden was one. Uh, learn from others. It, we're fortunate in Florida, and there's probably other, I know you guys are from other states here, but University of Florida has a great planting guide. So I, I, I didn't come up with the seasonal vegetables that we're gonna do. I went to my local university and said, what do you got for my region? And I got a recipe of what vegetables would work good in our area. Pretty simple, but I, I looked, other states had it. You know, I looked at different states, and they're, they're, they're all out there. Uh, we, did, we did a t-shirt for garden members, so if you donated twice, you get a t-shirt, sometimes that motivates people to do it. Uh, attempt to be organic. Uh, take time on the designing the layout. Uh, when you do your layout, once you have a planner in place with dirt, <laughs> you're not gonna move it, it's, it's, it's hard. And then think about your walkways, you gotta make it look good. So we did, we've done hay over uh, time, and we've done mulch. So you just gotta do something that looks nice. So this was our third garden. Uh, this was Embraer in Melbourne, and you can see, you know, they, this was their initial kickoff. They had, gosh, they must have 15, 20 employees come out in an afternoon, and they started uh, installing all the plants. And so this is a big deal. So I'm, I'm more than halfway. I got three out of five gardens. I, I need to get the five. And so uh, this is actually uh, this person in red. That's a, that's actually the executive director from Daily Bread. So he actually came to the event, support the local company and he's gonna receive those food from uh, from Embraer, big deal. Again, references, this is, you know, if you're gonna get into the corporate gardening and anything you do with lean and stuff, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do some education. So these are the type of things that I went through in order to make a garden successful. I mean, we talked about U of F, uh, down here in Florida, there's a guy named David the Good. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't give his last name. He's just David the Good. He's excellent with Florida garden. I, I wouldn't say he applied to like maybe Pennsylvania or Oregon, but for Florida, this is the best guy that I'm aware of. Mother Earth News magazines, local nurseries. There's there's also this term Master Gardener. It's a, it's a certificate program, so there are local guys there. You can get a lot of details. Um, and then hands on, you know, it's just you got to get your hands dirty and get out in the garden. So lean summary, so you, in, the, in, the, in the very beginning, we talked about the different techniques, you know, value stream mapping, standard work, visual control, the 5S workplace, customer focus. So in these, you, you, there's, there's examples throughout this whole nonprofit partnership where we were able to apply techniques that I typically would use in the manufacturing world. You can apply it to a nonprofit. 
and it wasn't like I didn't have to do much more different, you know, than I normally do. I could apply right to, to a nonprofit and creating a garden. Brian and I met some folks, and you could you could apply this to all kinds of things. You could apply it to uh, adult beverage distribution and management. You could you could do it. You know, some of these parks that are in the area, they lean can be applied to lots of various uh, organizations. Nonprofits, to me, is a big one because you're giving back to the community. Uh, and these are all the different things that, that, that would line up with those techniques. Uh, there, I put my email up there. If you if you had a if you were had a big interest in doing corporate gardening and you needed some input and a kickstart, you get a always give me an email. Um, I'm, I'm okay with uh, providing information to you guys. So I would kick it off now for questions. <coughs> Yeah, the main postal distribution center in Manhattan, New York City, put a uh, rooftop garden in Yeah. You know about it? No, no, I've seen them. I've seen them before. They're great. Yeah. They're, they're, you can use a lot of them. I used stuff. to work there. That's how I found out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always wanted to do that before because there's lots of roofs not being used. Even solar panels, but I think you can do a lot of rooftop top garden. Other questions come to your mind? Oh, I uh, Did you have to set up a non-profit designation for the group because you were doing grant writing? And yeah. Had to keep track of receipts and signatures. Yeah. Were you required to have an oversight third party on the funding? Yeah, so um, everything I do is documented with purchases, donations. And everything goes, everything's routed for the nonprofit. And so they, all the documentation they have to have. And then they, if I need to get reimbursed, they. Oh, so it's for your partner. Yes, they oh, get the money. So you didn't set up your own. No, 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 okay. I'm, not, I'm not a nonprofit. I, okay. Our corporation uh, donated a grant. Okay. And it went to the nonprofit. Okay. And, and then I get reimbursed for that grant. Okay. For purchase items. Okay. Yep. I remember you started talking about like how the, the families get like one meal a day, and I kind of some of the stats after that. Um, what kind of yield did you guys say you're getting for like the families in the area, or what's kind of just can you share some stats with like kind of the volume and the output you're getting? Like, yeah, it, so there's 225 meals a day go out, and we're nowhere near support that that many. So a lot of the uh, food actually comes through other channels. Uh, for our vegetables, it depends on the, the month of the year. Um, We'll get bags of food out of our garden. Like uh, I'll give you kale this summer, or you know, in this, like, would be in the spring. We got we yielded that thing six times, and every time we came, every time we we did that, we had two, three bags worth, like brown bags of kale taken to the nonprofit. So some some of your vegetables will yield really well. Some, you know, you figure out that you probably won't do that one again. <laughs> we don't. Unfortunately, one thing we're not doing. Uh, I'm not measuring it. So I, I see a lot of these, uh, I see a lot of other organizations measure, like they actually weigh the amount of vegetables, and we're not, we haven't done that. It's, I just, sometimes I just want to get the food ready to them and then go home and Makes <laughs> 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 sense. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to transition, and thank you very much, you guys. Thanks.